everybody to Talking Shop with Bree and Teresa. We are so, so excited tonight because we have our first special guest, and it's a very special guest. Uh, the show tonight is called How to Pitch Woo, and we have the goddess of pitching, Diana Valentine, in with us tonight. So Yay. This, yes, this is going to be an exciting, action-packed telewrap with a lot of info for you guys. I'm going to tell you guys who are listening in, you should have your notepads handy and take some notes because we've got great stuff. Real quick thing here, um, for those who do not know me, my name is Teresa Reed, and I'm also known as the Tarot Lady. You can find me over at my website at www.thetarotlady.com. And my partner in crime is Bree. Bree, give us a little introduction. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for being here. I am Bree Saucy, and you can find me at www.milagroroots.com. And tonight, here's what we're talking about. Um, this is a really, really important subject for people in the metaphysical industry. It's a touchy subject, too. And there's so many different ways to look at this. I think a lot of us in this industry tend to be introverted. So our show tonight is called How to Pitch Woo. We're going to be talking all about um, how to get out there and pitch yourself in a way that's really comfortable. And I want to welcome our very special guest tonight, Diana Valentine. She is the beauty and brains behind Pitch Perfect. This is the program you guys really want to get your paws on if you struggle with that what to do query. So welcome, Diana, and thanks for coming here tonight. Thank you. Such a blast. Well, we're excited. Um, uh, real quick, where can people find you? Where can they pit, Where can they get a copy of Pitch Perfect? Uh, you can go to dianavalentine.com, which is D-Y-A-N-A valentine.com slash pitch perfect and learn all about it. Excellent. Well, the first thing that I want to talk about here, um, you know, metaphysical industry is a really weird thing, and my experience with it, uh, I've been in the business for a long, long time, and, you know, I am introverted. And a lot of people who do things like tarot or astrology or, you know, even massage therapists uh, that I've met, we tend to be a little bit um, kind of like nervous about talking about our work, especially because this type of work is – Sometimes, I think Mary Greer called it an outlaw career. That's what she called tarot reading. <laughs> but, you know, I these like are industries. <laughs> I do, too. These are industries that um, sometimes people have misconceptions about. So I, I think a lot of us feel squeamish. And I remember when I first started out, when people would ask me what I did, uh, I felt really weird about it and didn't really know how to how to really talk about my work without feeling uh, embarrassed. So the thing I want to ask you first, Diana, is what would be the advice that you'd give to those of us who are really like shy and sheepish about answering that question, what do you do? Well, you know, I think that if you can re rehear it in your brain instead of what do you do, which is just like it's sort of like, hey, how are you? Fine. Fine. How are you? And it's this routinized way of talking. If you can instead hear what's underneath that question which is how can we connect? Mm. Just rehear it. So instead of what do you do, why do you do what you do? Let's connect on the why because a lot of metaphysical businesses are really rooted in why we're on the planet, aligning our energies. So answer the question you wish was asked, 
which is why do you do what you do. If you reframe it that way, that's an invitation to a connection. So I'd start with reframing the question, and that can that can mitigate a lot of anxieties. I really like that because, you know, what I find, and, and especially when I was starting out, what I found is, I, you know, I would feel shy about telling people, well, I'm a ritualist or I'm a true reader or I'm an intuitive. But as soon as I did, people from so many different walks of life were so fascinated by the work. And so there, there really is that desire for connection and for relationship. And I think that's a beautiful way to, uh, to get at that, you know, to start thinking about it that way. Yeah, and I also think that there's something else you said in that piece, um, Teresa, about feeling shy. I think there are a lot of metaphysical workers and, you know, my work is definitely about teaching and alignment. So some people experience it as a, a spiritual work, which I take as a great honor. But the thing about it is is that I, I hear a lot of metaphysical workers say, well, my work speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can just go look at my website and see it. And that's a real diversion, and you really missed an opportunity to connect but also, you might be more introverted. You might tend to be more of an interior person, and that's okay. You can lead with that. You can share that. You can say, oh, you know, I, I really love talking about my work. I like talking about this over here. I feel comfortable with it. Lead with what's comfortable for you, for what's juicy with you. Let the part of you that is available to be shared be shared. You don't have to share every single part or say everything you have to say in one fell swoop or have a different personality just because you're networking and marketing. Use that flavor. Share the flavor of you. So let me ask you this question then. I grew up in a family that, you know, we're we're all kind of odd, but when I started doing my work full time, my parents were extremely embarrassed that I chose this line of work, which I have to laugh because the work kind of you know, chose me, of course. You know, having people around you like that, my mom actually used to tell people that I worked for a corporation because she didn't want to tell people I uh, was doing yoga and reading cards and all of that stuff. So I remember that that kind of put a little bit of a shame vibe into me. And when I would be meeting with people that I assumed would be judgmental or maybe very conservative, um I found myself being very tongue-tied and sometimes skirting around the issue and trying to find a quote-unquote more respectable title to give myself. I would say sometimes, for example, uh, I do astrology because you know some people don't seem to have an issue with that. Mm-hmm. How do you get past that? How do you get past that icky, fearful feeling of being judged based on what you do? How do we move past that? Well, you know, it's interesting. Some people choose to address the objections up front. So they will say something like, well, brace yourself <laughs> because I read tarot cards or something like that. And, they, and, you, and you feed that myth, right? You feed those preconceptions. I think a sort of like we're weird, get used to it thing is fun to play with if you, if you want to do that. But instead of starting on the offensive, even energetically, Getting aligned with yourself energetically with what you are actually doing and why you're actually doing it instead of the um, 
super title like the movie trailer that says, you know, in a world where people didn't know what to do on a Tuesday morning and they consulted their, you know, their oracle and their metaphysical before they could leave the house, like all these sort of stereotypical things, you could actually go a layer deeper into that. And you could talk about what what people who you serve, what they really struggle with. So instead of saying, I do tarot, which could mean any number of things, mm-hmm. that you, as you know, that's like sort of saying I'm in computers. Mm-hmm. There right. are all these right. different ways of applying the craft, and, and the craft has a great range. So instead of talking about it as if it's a job title or as if it's an industry that you know is very misunderstood and you leave yourself open to people's preconceptions and stereotypes, go one layer deeper. What's the one thing that you wish that your work does to make the world a better place. So maybe it's, I love to bring clarity to people's day. Mm -hmm. I love to work with people who are in a relationship conflict and help them have the best relationships they can have. And the tool I use is boom, 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 if the person is really interested. But really, that's the thing itself. So finding your the thing itself, I think, is a much more interesting way to approach it. And I think, at least for a minute, it bypasses that social stigma and lets you talk about what's really happening. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you have a... Diana, you know, something that we both, when Teresa and I were talking about, about the problem of pitching, because it is such an issue in our field, we immediately thought of you, and one of the reasons why, other than your fabulous good looks and your great on-air voice, (laughs) is, um, (laughs) is, is because you're so darn articulate. You know, you're, you're so good at breaking things down. I mean, I love the way how you know, for both of our questions, there's, there's been this, like, go a layer deeper, which is really what so much of, you know, many metaphysical businesses is about anyway. So it's, it's, you know, it's so consistent with the work that many of us do. But as Teresa had mentioned, you have, uh, you have this program, Perfect Your Pitch, or Perfect Pitch, and you have a process that you lead people through so that they can find their voice, their clear voice, their clear pitch. And how did you personally develop this method? And, and you know, like where, what happened or where was the need for it that you saw? Because I definitely see it with, with my people, but I'm just curious, like, where it came from for you. Uh, well, it came from a complete uh, panic every time I had to talk about my work, and it came from trying for years and years and years to explain to my family what I did in a way that they could repeat and not just make something up. Oh, you, you, they would say things like 15 years after I went to college, you know, if, if somebody asked them what I did, they, they would say, oh, she went to Brown University. Because they were just, that was the last thing they could, they could like hold on to that made any sense to them. Everything after that was like, we have no idea what the fuck she's doing, (laughs) you know? So, (laughs) so it really came out of solving my own conflict, um, in, and where the conflict was for me was the conflict between what I knew to be true about my inner self and how I was expressing it externally, right, which is right there in the sweet spot of what I think 
you know, our our receivers tonight, our, our, or the people who are listening to the recording, are living at that juncture. And I think when I think of articulation, I think of that that space that connects to you know two ideas, a way of bridging the gap, a way of creating flow, a way of um, languaging something that generally goes unlanguaged, either because we haven't examined it or we don't quite understand it yet. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that, that that's remind- been true for me. Mm-hmm. That reminds me. It reminds me of we were talking about order before the show started, and it reminds me of a Confucius quote of, you know, when you get your language ordered, then order will, will follow into the rest of your life. Right. So there's, you know, I think there's there's a lot there's a lot to be said about that finding the right words and and actually articulating in language what it is that you do, right. not just in your mind. <laughs> right. And I had helped a lot of a lot of clients with their language because of course other people's language is just awesome and really easy to play with, right? Mm-hmm. And we get tangled up in it for ourselves because it almost like it wraps around our ankles and we're like, ah, I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. Um, so I had, but I had, I really had to work through this for myself and figure out what questions I wish were really being asked when people said, what do you do? I had to sort that out for myself first. And then I practiced on just a boatload of guinea pigs. I think I worked with about 300 people over a two-year period to um, to perfect the, the Pitch Perfect product. It's a great product, by the way. Um, you know, I loved how it really laid everything out in this clear step-by-step manner. And it really built upon it itself nicely. So by the time that I was finished with the program, I found that I had a very clear way of expressing what I did that still sounded like me. It didn't sound like I was, you know, here's, here's the one thing that I found with other um, people that teach you how to pitch. They always want to make you sound like you have to put on this, oh, I've got to, you know, sound super professional. But you, your program allows people to find a way to do it so we still sound like us which is really uh awesome and unique and it doesn't feel then like i'm being a phony baloney um i know a lot of people too when they're working in woo woo work we feel that we have to put on that i'm a professional air and it doesn't really you know we we just don't sound right uh and i think we do that because we're worried we're not going <clears> to <throat> sound credible in fact i have a friend who's a massage therapist and you know massage therapists sometimes they get this this rap where people think like it's something more provocative or it's going to be something a little more sexual. So she often would try to do things where she tried to sound like super professional. Instead of saying massage therapist, she had other fancy ways of doing it. You know, what do you say about pitching it and being yourself It's still sounding credible? Where do you find the balance there? Well, here's the thing. I think that we have mistaken credibility to mean legitimate. Mm-hmm. I think we've we have um we've replaced credibility with permission. Mm. So and I think that that's really that that's a fundamental mistake. So credibility is really about being worthy of trust. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what makes you worthy of trust because trust is an is a is a, a source of energetic commerce. And we look at commerce as money-related, but if I give you money, I'm essentially investing in the trust I think I'm going to have in you if I don't know you 
or I'm continuing to invest in the trust that we've built over time that must be interest-bearing or I wouldn't be continuing to give you money. So if we look at credibility as worthy of trust, what makes you trustworthy? Then I think it becomes a very different conversation. So perhaps, you know, when you're early in your career, what makes you trustworthy is your enthusiasm and you will be there three minutes early for every call. You always follow up. You have a, a real um, curiosity. You know, maybe you go the extra mile. What is it that makes you worthy of trust? And for some people, you know, we've we've got some kind of social game that happens that says if you, depending on the acronyms you have after your name or the degrees you have after your name or I was trained by or I've spent 18 years in so-and-so doing so-and-so, that that, that that makes you credible, that that makes you worthy of our trust. It doesn't. It just shows us the, that you have a door. Mm-hmm. And what I want to know is what does it feel like to sit in your kitchen? I want to know if you take my coat. I want to, you know, in, in, in the analogy of that is I want to know how comfortable it feels in your house of work. That's what's going to build my trust. I love that. Love it. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's so, again, that just speaks directly, I think, to what so many of us who are on the call do and, and experience because, you know, when, and I think, Teresa, you did a blog post on this, uh, I think, in the last month, you know, the, the intimacy that comes with an intuitive reading, for instance. You know, the, that, it's that trust is really the linchpin of the whole thing. Um, and so we need to convey that. We need to be able to convey that and to really emphasize that to the people who are coming to us. And we can do it without being this uptight, phony baloney, what we assume professional means. Right. I, I don't it it means nothing to me if you sit up straight and wear a suit. It means zero. Yeah. Don't worry, I, 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 I sit up straight but I don't wear a suit, Diana. Right. Yeah, I wanna know how you treat your animals. I wanna know if you have friends. I wanna know if your customer if your clients keep coming back or you always have new clients. I wanna know um, I want to know what you think about your art. Did your, you know, like you said, Teresa, I thought that was really beautiful. The work chose me. Did your work choose you, or did you pursue it? Either way, neither one is is better or worse. But either way, it tells me something about why you're doing what you're doing, and gives me an entree and gives me an opportunity to trust you. And and I'll tell you. You can tell the difference energetically when somebody's putting a pitch out there that they don't believe. Mm-hmm. I run the other way. I just think flim flam, used car salesperson, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when somebody really leads with their heart and leads with why they're doing what they're doing and they're not just rambling at me, like kind of looking over my shoulder trying to remember what they memorized before they came to the networking event, you know, then I'm going to have, uh, you know, be more likely to trust them and, and want to play with them. Mm-hmm. Love it. You guys still there? Yep, I'm here. Okay. Here's another question that I have. And uh I think Bree and I this one this 
This makes sense. Oh, this speaks to both of us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so this is South. You know, she's living in the Bible Belt. And I have a lot of fellow, like, readers and massage therapists and Reiki healers. Reiki healers, you know, I love Reiki. I'm a huge fan. But sometimes, you know, you talk about that, especially to certain circles, and people are like, Reiki, what the heck is that? Or crystal healers or any of that. You know, if you're in a metaphysical industry, mm-hmm. And you're dealing with skeptics or you live in the Bible Belt or an area where people frown on any of this uh, woo-woo work, how do you present, how the heck do you present yourself if you're dealing with a skeptic or, you know, somebody from the Bible Belt? How do you do that and not scare the pants out of people? Or really, I would say even like any unfriendly audience. Like, you know, if you go into a room and you know these people are disposed to not be my people. <laughs> but are, why, why would, we be, why would be in, we be investing in helping educate them? Give me, a, give me a reason. Well, I don't think it's that we necessarily try to educate. It's just sometimes you end up in these spaces. Uh, like, for example, when I used to do uh, private parties, which I no longer do anymore, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can't always then control who's in the audience. And right. There would be somebody mm-hmm. really rude or really negative who would start, you know, really being nasty. Mm. Or if I was doing like a public lecture, like one time I was uh, lecturing at a bookstore and I had somebody in the audience who was very, very rude, very ignorant, uh, obviously trying to make me look bad in front of a group of people. How do you deal with that? How do you pitch when you're dealing with hostility? Well, here. hecklers is definitely different from pitching, so I would not be trying to pitch to them. Mm-hmm. I, I would absolutely say I completely understand that. That makes perfect sense. I really hear what you're saying. And you could even re- articulate back to them what they're saying because people who get louder and louder, even from an esoteric standpoint, you know, when things get louder and louder or your your situation gets more and more cacophonous, there's a message in there that wants heard. Mm-hmm. Right? right? And me yeah. trying to counter that fuels that argument. Mm-hmm. So anytime you're, for instance, we're in Mercury retrograde, right? Anytime you struggle against it, instead of doing what, I can't remember her name, but at the beginning of the call said, compliment Mercury. You are big and powerful, and thank you so much for <laughs> being so fast and delightful, <laughs> right? It's a very different energy. So I think when you're dealing with hecklers, if you have the opportunity to really stop for a moment and hear what it is they mean, Get get beyond what they're saying, but hear what they mean, which is this is scary. I don't like it, and you're peeing in my corner, and it's it's, it's threatening me. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. If you can hear, or, or in some cases like help, right? Like I right. want help, but I don't know. This is the best I can do as far as asking for it. <laughs> right, and and you can. There are a couple. There are a couple of approaches I have. One is there are going to be really truly crazy people. And um, you can ask your audience to help you. If you're really being heckled or somebody's really nuts, you can say, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. And if someone else could please um, help this person, I would be happy to talk to you after the event. But I'm now not going to be acknowledging it, and I'm going to continue. You can, you can do it that way because you, if you're, especially if you're on stage, I spend a little bit of time on stage, y- your responsibility is for the energetic safety of that room. 
So you can nip it in the bud. But you can also really look at it energetically. Like I sometimes I'll get people who are like, this, nothing works. None of this works for me. I've tried it all and nothing you're going to say is going to be helpful. I'm like, awesome. Meet you for a drink later. Go take a break. Mm-hmm. And and I and I'll see you there. That's I'm so glad that you've already got this covered. But the rest of us don't, so I'm going to keep going, right? You can really like acknowledge it. Awesome. Then you're the lead. How about you help me pass out <laughs> pass out some handouts, you know? I usually like either totally nip it in the bud, I give the person a job, or I go straight to the heart of compassion. And I use their material, I use their their energy for material. So I immediately take that and say, this is a really great point. I'd like to address it this way. And you just turn your attention to the room itself, but take what they said and incorporate it into what you're talking. A lot of people get worried about this. There's some intimidation that happens when we're really looking at these messages, whatever you're talking about, if you're talking about astrology or you're talking about alignment or whatever, when you start to feel resistance, when you start to feel tension, it can sometimes be a sign of these three things and get right back into your material. So that's a few ways to deal with it. It's not quite pitch related, but it's definitely, um, you know, I'm starting to call my audience receivers. It's receiver relations. It's it's Mm -hmm. taking that energy in the room and not denying it and not getting defensive if you can at all if you can at all avoid it and just being very gentle with it and use it as material right there in the moment. It takes a little bit of practice. I'm, I'm, I want to make sure I say that, like, if you go out, I almost want to say don't try this at home, like, until you've had a chance to practice a little bit. But honestly, Teresa and Bree, I would say if you are in a hostile room and you're just not with your people, go find your people. Don't don't be a hero. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's no need for it. That's not what you're here for. You're not here to wage that battle. And if you are here to wage that battle, more power to you. Suit up and 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 balls to the wall, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think there are very know, few, also, few of us who are really here to be true warriors in that sense. I don't I don't think that's the crusade is necessary. There's plenty of people doing that. Yeah, I, I find that living in Texas, you know, I, I definitely find that to be very true. You know, I, I use lots of different language around what I do but um and the potential for hostility is definitely there but you know I for the most part my people are really in sync with me my clients my students you know we're really working together and we're really building something beautiful and so you know it is something to be aware of and I think especially like when you're when you're doing something that's public or semi-public, yeah, it, you know, some of those some of those things are really necessary. But you know, one of the things I like about your message again and again is, you know, this all boils down to the way that you're relating to your people, mm-hmm. and we're assuming that you know you know who your people are, <laughs> you know, you know you know what it is that you're bringing to the table, and you know who needs it, you know, and who's going to receive it. Well, and and how you're relating to yourself and how you're relating to your material. So if all it takes is a little flick of a feather to knock you off of your of your path, then I would say that that's more something you need to deal with in in, in your interior to, right. to bridge that gap. And and that's mm-hmm. not to say I'm not like blaming the victim at all here because I know that a lot of people are are really truly in antagonistic communities. 
Um, and you can play around with it. You can play around with addressing the objections up front. You know, you can play around with, boy, this is going to rustle your feathers, but hang in there with me because, you know, there will be a treat at the end or something. Like, you know, you can play in that language that allows the door to still be open. You might not like, you know, you might not like my furniture, but my heart is in a good place. You know, you can really, Uh you know, Uh keep that going. Yeah, absolutely. And play around with words, too, I find. Like, you know, I had a, a friend of mine who sells beautiful oils and, and they're billed as magical oils. But she was like, well, there are some people who are interested, but if I told them this was a magical oil, they would never go for that. And so we just risk on, on other words that convey the same meaning but are not going to alienate someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I would um, I would say that that's a great that's a great way to do it. And also, there's two points I want to make. One is, your pitch is never permanent. You are not the same person you were two years ago, and so your pitch shouldn't be either. Mm. Okay. So this is meant to be a live process. It's why in- instead of selling a product out of which you get one pitch, I'm actually inviting you to a process and a practice of languaging your work. So that you can do it over and over, it changes over time, it's resilient just like you are. So that's one okay. thing. The, the second okay. piece is okay. Oh say that again? No, no, I was gonna I was gonna I want her to make her second point. This totally what you just said brings me to, to one of our questions. <laughs> oh good. And this and the second point is very short. Don't assume someone won't get it or won't be interested. Mm. I think that is a giant, giant you've really limited yourself. You've basically closed the door before the person even found the house. You just turn the porch light off. You know, so yeah, make sure. I think that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Make that's sure a you give, very give, important point. Yeah. Especially because for you, our people. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, you know, uh, I can I can attest to that, and I can confess that many times, especially when I was early in my career, I wouldn't tell anybody what I was doing. I was you know, really not giving, I was basically not opening up to opportunities because I assumed people would think I was weird or, you know, I, I made a lot of assumptions and that was very, very uh, foolish. But again, it was based out of that worry about being judged. So I, I've done that. I know exactly what you're talking about. I own that. I know yeah. it. I couldn't have made up the people, the amazing people who I've worked with. I couldn't have written that in a client avatar. If anybody else says that to me, I'm going to punch them in the throat. It's like <laughs> I couldn't, I could not have made it up. I couldn't have really guessed. And that's why in 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 the pitch process or in the the, the process of inviting people to receive your work, which is really what I'm talking about, this is really about. Is your invitation open or not? Is it open mm-hmm. to everybody or not? If not, make sure you let us know what the limits are so we send you the right people. Mm-hmm. If it is open to everybody, assume that everybody is available to receive the work on some level or not. And don't don't assume for me. Mm-hmm. Like you I'm freaky. I have all kinds of interests. Don't assume that I wouldn't get it. Yeah. So yeah. true. Okay, Bree, what was your question that we led to? Well, you had talked about how, you know, your your pitch is dynamic and it's going to be changing. And, you know, I like the phrase you used, that this is really about languaging your work. Mm-hmm. And so one of one of my questions is how often should we be adjusting our pitch? You know, like do you 
you can be as concrete or as not concrete with this as you want to. Like, you know, it could be six months or it could be, you know, what's your work doing. <laughs> yeah, when it when it doesn't serve you anymore, it might need some new articulation, right? We were talking about articulation and it's really has to resonate with you. If you if you use a crystal pendant, if you use muscle testing, if you use energetics, if you just find yourself sort of flagging. I found myself sort of flagging business-wise about a year and a half ago, and I realized that when I first started my business around 99, 2000-ish, when it was really kind of that was my main source of income, when my, my independent work was my main source of income, I was working with struggling, starving artists who could not find their way out of a paper bag, their work wasn't selling, nobody knew about them, they were totally undiscovered, un, you know, not productive, they didn't have space to do their work in. It was like I was helping my friends. I was helping my friends and family, and I was helping people who I could see the glowing energy in there just getting like the embers were just getting suffocated, and I wanted to rescue them, fix everything, be their hero, right? And that was mm-hmm. a very that was where I was at that time. Now, now I look back at it, I'm like, no wonder I was so tired all the time and had no money, right? <laughs> totally, totally. And now I'm working with social movement leaders, m- multiple published authors, Olympic athletes. I'm working with people who I'm even working with people who are just find me and the and the resonance just makes sense. Like I'm recently working mm-hmm. with somebody who's just gone through a just grisly five-year divorce and mm-hmm. crazy stuff and doesn't even know if she wants to go get a job or get you know start her own business or whatever. She's at a total crossroads. She's not necessarily like to the world. She's not necessarily transmitting champion or winner or like super successful person, but her energetics and my energetics resonate perfectly she is a natural champion and it is my total honor and pleasure to support her in that process but i had to articulate my work and make my boundaries of how i wanted to work clear enough that she could find me and if i had used the language that i was using four or five years ago we we would have just been passing ships in the night so I think that it really has to do with energetics, and I think that if if everybody could apply their work to themselves, like maybe once a month you just have a sessions for yourself day. So if whatever tools you use, applying those tools to yourself and say, am I am I transmitting at a clean frequency? Am I at a high vibration right now? Where's the mess? Is it in my words? Is it in my deeds? Is it in my intention? And that will tell you, you know, what needs to shift. If you feel like you're lying on any level or you're really full of crap when you say your pitch, it's time to change it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Very good advice. You know, the thing, the thing that I also do want to add is that a lot of this type of work, uh, Reiki, crystal healing, tarot, massage, yoga. Yoga used to be considered kind of weird, too, believe right. it or not. Um, you know, ritual work. A lot of this mm-hmm. is becoming more mainstream. Mm-hmm. So the one thing that I do love about the Internet and I love about modern times, you know, people do have more of the information. So I think that there's less of a stigma than there used to be. 
you know, back when I started out, it felt a lot weirder. And I've noticed maybe because I'm getting older or maybe because uh, this type of work has become more mainstream, it's less painful to talk about it. Do you think that modern technology is helping people to be more comfortable pitching like woo careers or or is this just in my head, Diana? Well, I don't know. I'm super soothed by evidence, right? So I like, (laughs) I really, I'm an empiricist. And I, I, like, when I get kind of frantic, I Google shit, you know. (laughs) So if I can find, you know, I I, I have been doing dream work, right? And so for the last year and a half, I've been looking for peers. I've been seeking Mm -hmm. out collaborators, seeking out mentors, because it's so new. You know, when I google oracle i don't really get like somebody i can actually talk to i get like historical references and whatever so so i think for those of us blazing trails in any way we are i mean some people live in communities where tarot is still like really weird and arrestable an arrestable offense you know yeah so um wherever you are in your field i think um i think yeah putting putting some stuff up on the internet explaining your work, giving case studies and examples so that you can soothe the empiricists is a is a great a great way to approach it. I mean, I've tried stuff that, you know, if there was just more than one person doing it, it was like, oh, I guess that's a thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. Excellent. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, I I I feel like that's really true as well and I think one of the things that's starting to happen as people do sort of understand that that a lot of these woo-woo type businesses are becoming more mainstream and that there is less stigma is that we can also, again, play with the language of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and the ways that we describe what we do. So, you know, sometimes I think that back in the day you could feel very pigeonholed, you know, like, well, I'm a taboo reader and that's it. But now I think that there, you know, there there are more terms and there are more descriptors that are that are being used that we can try on and and say, you know, does that feel like a really accurate description of what I do, or or does this word or this nuance capture it better? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I also think that you know that that what we're describing here, I want to kind of give a little bit of a point of reference. What we're describing here is sort of the what of what we do. So it's the description that attaches to our products and services and describes the 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 sort of um, expressions of our greatness, right? Mm-hmm. But way before we get to the point of expressing our greatness or expressing our products or pitching our services, we have to backtrack just a little bit and go back into the who we are, while we're doing it, how we do it, and then why we do it. Remember that initial question I said is, I'm more interested in why you do what you do than what you do. Um, I think that it's really important, especially in a growing field or a growing set of fields that are related, is that you can kind of disappear under a job title. Mm -hmm. So tarot card reader is a job title. It doesn't really tell us anything about who you are when you're doing it, how you do it, and why you do it. And the whys are where we actually connect as as beastie humans. The whys, when when I find concentric circles with my, when my why gets next to Bree's why or Teresa's why, we get all excited because we want to play. We're like kindergartners meeting on a playground. We're like, oh, hi, I know you. Let's go. Okay, go. Mm-hmm. 
Let's mm-hmm. do it. And we can't really explain it right away. It's just like you have that feeling like, oh, they're cool. Like, I, can't, I think I like them or I think I like how she talks. And but when you examine it, it really comes down to our wise overlap. So we like straight talk. We're super into our connection with history. We're intellectuals. That drives us. We find great value in being able to 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 prove something, to really document it and tie it to reality. We feel the cosmos is reality, is part of our reality. We don't look at it as entertainment or some like optional thing. It's essential. And alignment is essential. So that has a lot to do with our why. So when you start to talk about your what, before you're aligned with your why, you're going to look like sort of every other person doing, you know, using the tool you're using. You wouldn't say, like you're, you're saying, I'm a carpenter. Well, I don't know if you're a fine carpenter. I don't know if you are a rough carpenter. I don't know if you just do framing of houses. Like it tells me nothing. Mm-hmm. But if you tell me I come from a long line of woodworkers and carpenters, my family was finished, this is part of my legacy on the planet, this is really who I am. And when I get to bring you joy in your home, it brings me joy and brings my ancestors joy. Good Lord, you're hired, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. A very different yeah. conversation. So I really want to make sure everybody on the phone understands that even though we're talking about the articulation of your expressions of greatness, the expressions and the cultivation of those and the pricing of those and the shape of those and how much you charge for and all that stuff comes way after you've gotten centered in your whys, why you're doing what you're doing. And I, I call those super conditions, but I just want to make sure I, I, I clarified that. That's great. That's brilliant. You know, I want to take a we're, – we're coming near the end of our time together, so I want to see if we can get one or two people if they have any questions for for you, Diana. Yeah, let's play with some well, – I want to hear I want to hear some pitches. I want to, I'm going to talk to people about why they're doing what they're doing and help them. Yeah, let's get somebody on the line. So listen, for everybody who's live on the call, if you would like to polish your pitch, um, I need you to hit star seven. Hit star seven, and I'm going to grab you then and get you on here with Diana. So come on, guys, star seven. Don't be shy. (laughs) I might just pick somebody, because I know a couple of these people on this line, too. I may just pick somebody around. Okay, I see Kristen Barnes has raised her hand. She's from the mighty fine city of Philadelphia. Kristen, come on, let's, let's talk. Philly in the house. Yay. <laughs> How may I support you, Kristen? Can we hear her? Is she unmuted? Can we have her? I don't hear her. She is unmuted. Kristen, are you there? Hey, guys. Hey, hey Kristen. Hey, hey Marnie. Hey. <laughs> How are you ladies tonight? Awesome. How can I support awesome. you, Kristen? I'd love to. You know what? I'd love I to just play. came in on the call about ten minutes ago. I just got in from from, from reading, um, so I was late getting on the phone. So I I caught what you were saying about um, coming from the why, yeah, as as that being your your, your basis, and, mm-hmm. and that really really resonated with me. So unfortunately, I missed the beginning part of. That's the okay. Out there. We're we you're right on time. So tell me why you do what you do. 
Aside, you know, I, I need to, I guess, really develop that. I mean, I, you know, it sounds so corny and cheesy. I love helping people, but I, I do. I love what I do. I love um, being able to use my experiences from my life in order to uh, use. I, I read tarot, so to use tarot as a tool for people's empowerment. And how, do, how does that? How does tarot empower people? How does it make the world a better place? It gives you a different uh, vantage point, a different perspective, so that you're able to do uh, self-reflection, self-actualization. You don't feel quite as much of a um, – you realize that you do have more control, I think, than we, we, we may think that we have. But once we're aware of things, it's um, empowering. It gives you a sense of courage, seeing yourself in a different light. Has it given you control and courage in your life? Yes. And in what way? Tell me a story, short one. Um, the people that I've met um, online, the people that I read with, um, how getting my own, having my own cards read. Yeah, I mean you personally. How has tarot okay. given you courage? What has it given you the courage to do? Read, start becoming start reading professionally and okay, but it, but yeah, but like go deeper than that. What has it given you the courage to actually do besides what you've delivered in terms of your service? What has it given you the courage to really do? Get over my own insecurities. There you go. To recognize them. And that, to that's that's where the juice is. Okay. It's the it's the courage and the control to take mm-hmm. responsibility for your own insecurities. And yeah. and move through those and cre- and turn those into powerful strengths. That's really what you're talking about. Yes. So yeah. that to me is where the juice is. That's where when when I'm listening I'm listening to somebody talk. I'm listening for spikes of energy. So I got spikes mm-hmm. of energy around control, courage, insecurities. It's it's so get in there a little bit deeper. And I think you when you said sharing my own stories, sharing your own trajectory, your own path, your own Shiro's journey, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. You can lead with, in your pitch, you can say, you know, I would love to help people be able to, you know, ditch terrible relationships, gain control of their own insecurity, take responsibility, for yes. da, 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 yes. and be very strong. You have a very high vibration, strong, kind of a little bit like – um yummy spiky energy like i want to go out for drinks with you it's like woo you know it feels like you can hold your liquor and i don't even know if you drink or not it doesn't matter it's it's the analogy of like we're going to get out of there in one piece and it's going to be a wild ride you need yeah. to let let that come. is that true for you um i'm not a big drinker but you know what you would think i was the way i act so that's probably why i don't drink much <laughs> Well, that's so what I'm saying. Like, it's a very fair assessment. Yeah. It's not about the alcohol. It's more about the, the through energy. the fire. You have a through the fire vibration on you. And I would suggest yeah. that you lead with that. I take my clients through the fire so that they can go through the fire on their own, whatever it is that you're using. But I want you to lead with those powerful statements. There's something that says, like there's something a little bit demure happening, like almost like, you don't really want to collect um, mugs and plates with strawberries on them, but you kind of do You do something like that around your business where there's something soft about it, and it doesn't suit you. 
It's like oh. you're, wearing, you're wearing your Aunt Tilda's hand-me-downs or something. It's not working for you. <laughs> I don't even have to think about that. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that. Well, you, you, can know, send, I, you can send me your website, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll tell you, or we can talk again or something, and I'll, I'll tell you what it is. I haven't quite drilled down on it because I'm kind of staying a little bit in the – I'm staying a little bit in the above the trees for this conversation. But mm-hmm. um, but let whatever resonates work for you and, and lead with that boldness. Lead, you know, wear the thing with cleavage. Like, let it out, you know. Oh my God, that's awesome! That's awesome. I do that that that, that statement that it's, you know helping others to walk through the fire, so that holding their hands so that they can have the courage to realize that you know right you, you could you could you could you were able to walk all along. Yeah, that's you know. Yeah, so that's one of your you super conditions is through the fire. Write that oh down. God. All right, do we have somebody else? You're amazing, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Kristen. Absolutely. I don't know Let's, what our time is like, but I'd be happy well, to Well, we're getting today. right down to the wire, so we may have time to take one more quickie. If there's somebody else that wants to come on with Diana and have her help you polish your pitch, anybody, hit star seven. That's all you need to do to come on, and I will grab you. I will okay. introduce you. I will be like your Patty Stanger millionaire matchmaker here. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, we have somebody from Miami, Florida. I don't have a name. Miami, Florida, what is your name? Who are we talking to? This is Zuri. Hi, Zuri. Zuri, meet Diana. Diana, meet Zuri. Zuri, how may I support you? Oh, it's just good to be on the line with you guys. <laughs> I'm like thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to be put in the hot seat. Welcome to my world. <laughs> Lay it on me. Teresa's the timekeeper, and I can feel her fidgeting. What you got? Uh, I'm also a tarot reader, so I guess my pitch is uh, I help people amp up their intuition and gain clarity with their life issues. Okay, I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump right in here because I'm getting a massive hit from you, Zuri. Are you uh, are you a protector? Do you protect animals? Do you do have something to do with animals? I have animals. I'm very protective of them. <laughs> okay, but do you have like is there a do you have mul- like a lot of animals? What kind of animals do you have? Yes, we have five cats. Okay. So, here's the vision that I just got. I got this very quiet protector, almost like if somebody trespasses, they would never even know you were there before they were already on the ground. There's a kind of stealthiness to you where you're not super like aggressive, but man, I I would want you on my side in in a in a war. <laughs> Thank you. Do you do you resonate with that at all? Do you resonate with kind of that war, warrior, kind of quiet, stealthy, like not like banging on your chest kind of thing, but it's almost like you have this huge, like there's an advocacy or there's some kind of like protecting, not the weak, but pro- protecting your, like do you have a super tight inner circle? Yeah, I'm also very uh, helpful behind the scenes kind of, you know, vibe. Yeah, yeah, that's the feeling I get. So it's not it's it's like almost without um without credit. Like it's like producer and it'll just have like a letter Z or something, but it doesn't even have your full name. Yeah, I could see that. Okay, so when I get that kind of vibration 
um, and when I think about the way that, that you're working. I would say this is about advocacy. This is about really um, helping kind of shore up people who are kind of super tender like there's there's because like the vibration I got was almost like protector of animals or I don't know what you know what um, symbolic language you could use around that but maybe you res you tend to resonate with like saints or or some some somebody who protects animals or who's an advocate or protector but big time protector feeling whereas like Kristen's energy is more like loop your arm and arm like el loop your elbows together and like go traipsing down the street yours is way more like I'm going to be here watching what's happening and if anything goes down I've got your back I also do a lot of energy work so that would make sense I'm always like I guess putting out uh energetic uh chaos in people's lives so to speak yeah so 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 it's it's like a chaos firefighter yeah i love that i love that like the unnamed uncredited there's something really like very elegant about like no no this is my job so i would really look at that a little bit for yourself look at why that is true for you and i would start kind of leading with that story like you know, this we're going to create safe places for you to explore whatever this is, or you know, when the shit hits the fan, I've got your back. I'm not going to come in and fix everything, but I've I I will I will support you, and I'll be there, and you don't have to be afraid. Maybe mm -hmm. help them amp up their own strength. Yeah, and I think that amp up thing. There's something there's something in those words that feels a little more sports cliche -y than you are. Oh, okay. I don't know why. It feels a little artificial. It's almost like you're like injecting something, but I don't that's not really the energy I feel. I feel more like protective, safe space, something like that. So look at that language a little bit and look at what you're look at what you're really helping to create in that that energetic advocacy I think is really is really big and on for you. Okay. Thank you. But you might find an analogy in like a a, a historical figure a a spirit, a saint. A, there's something coming through that feels like you are you are like an iteration of some some being that like is like a sentry, you know, like just a quite like you almost don't see them, but they they're they're right there with you. Right. Maybe like angelic teams or something like that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Or like Michael. Yeah, like Archangel Michael. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, like how you kind of work with uh, angelic teams in your life where they're kind of behind the scenes. I and love that for you. Up. Yes. Okay, we got a money shot. Thank you. I hope that was helpful. Thank you. It was. Thank you very yeah. much. Good. T. And thank you, Zuri, for stepping up to the mic. Well, we've got a – I can't believe this hour is almost over. Can you guys believe that? We have like no. just a few quick little <laughs> minutes. Um you know, Diana, Bree, and I so appreciate you coming on and speaking with us tonight. This has been great and such an important topic for, you know, people in the metaphysical industry. You know, for everybody who is listening in live or later, I highly, and I'm sure, Bree, you're going to say this too, we highly recommend this Pitch Perfect program uh, or oh, working yeah. with Diana directly. You know, for anyone who's stuck on the question of what do you do, you really want to get, you really want to get this. So I, I highly recommend it. I went through it. It's fantastic. 
Uh, Diana, people, they can find you at dianavalentine.com. Yep. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, let me let me spell that for you guys one more time. D Y A N A Valentine, just like Valentine's Day. V A L E N T I N E dot com. So thank you so much, Diana. My total pleasure. Thank you guys for trusting me with your community, and I had a great time. Oh, thank you. This was wonderful. And for everybody who is listening in, again, you can find me at www.thetarolady.com. Bree, what about you? I'm at www.milagro, M-I-L-A-G-R-O, roots.com. And I just want to second what Teresa said. You know, working with Diana, I've worked with her one-on-one several times, and she is amazing. And, you know, those of you on the call and listening to the call later, you can see what she just did and how she used her own intuition to feel out the right way to language what you do. And so, like, she's she's perfect. She's like a surgeon. You know, I mean, she really is. There's no, like, boring you know, fill out this corporate questionnaire. No. <laughs> She's like a surgeon. She goes in there and gets to the heart, the meat, and pulls it out so that, you know, that's what you're doing. You're really just pulling this out for us. It's re- beautiful. It's my total honor, and I, I'm so, I so appreciate the way that you, you two understand my work in your own ways and, and bring that out to the world. It means a lot to me, and it's my total joy to be doing what I'm doing. I'm so happy and I and I love it when other people get to be happy doing what they do too. And your joy shows through in everything that you do, Diana. Thank you. Yeah. All right, everybody. Bye. Have a great night. Yes, and by the way, guys, next month, quick little reminder, on April 10th, that will be the next show. And who do we have, Bree? Who's going to be on with us? We have the wonderful Sadeko Fatunis. He is fantastic. If you guys don't know about him, Look him up, Sabeku is his first name, S-A-B-E-K-U, and he is, he's going to rock. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's going to rock. Our show is called Expose Yourself. We're going to be talking <sighs> about putting yourself out there some more. So once again, Diana, thank you. Bree, thank you. And our audience, thank you guys for listening in. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you, Diana. Good thank night, you, guys. Everyone. Night, night.